0: Welcome to the Raptor show on the Sportsnet radio network brought to you by Campbell's new chunky spicy soup. It's time to get fired up. Make sure you find the Raptor show where we listen to podcasts and subscribe and please interview the show. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. I have co-host Blake Murphy to my left and we have a, a lot of guests for you today. Um, so first me and Blake are going to give our all-star reserve picks because those will be announced later tonight. Um, Hopefully, we'll see if Scotty Barnes makes the list. Um, we'll see if Scotty Barnes makes our teams as well. Um, and then, segment two, we're going to bring in Gerald Green. That's right. We're going to bring in Gerald Green. Uh, we're going to talk to him about the Houston Rockets, where he's one of their broadcasters. But also, I just wanted to nerd out and talk to Gerald Green about dunks. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of just discussion about dunking with Gerald Green, one of the greatest dunkers. Um, then we're going to bring in Dennis Schroeder. And check in on the Raptors, check in on life on the road, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just see how Dennis is doing. And then segment four, we're going to bring in Siris Sohi of The Ringer, just to look around the rest of the league. But, uh, yeah, Blake, how you doing, man? You right. Yeah. Uh... Yep. Uh,
1: clearly, I can't even remember to turn my microphone <laughs> this guy on. forgot to make his
0: picks. This guy yeah, forgot to turn I didn't on do microphone. my homework.
1: I didn't make my all-star picks. Um, I, sweet. I forgot to turn my mic on. <laughs> Um, Ugh. my I have I wear permanent retainers and one of them broke. Oh, uh, today so I have like a wire jabbing into my mouth right now. Oh, really? Uh, on top of which <laughs> Yo, I've this spent, is a
0: Kanye West performance right yeah, here. Yeah, through the wire. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow, okay.
1: Uh, on top of which I've spent my whole afternoon investigating the biggest scandal in Toronto sports history. It's that, okay, that wait, hold uh, on. The, the Raptors 905 uh, Lunar New Year jerseys over my left shoulder here uh, were not available enough at the 905 game and okay. some say not available at all walk me through this walk me through okay, this. what so, happened i saw the tweet uh so raptors 905 last night it got absolutely destroyed not yeah, yeah, a competitive yeah. basketball that's, game all right. um but it was the the first of i think two nights where they'll wear the lunar new year jersey that's really really cool we showed it on the show yesterday it's got that dragon logo behind me and the 905 that advertised hey come out to the game this will be your chance to buy the jerseys um and nobody, at least uh, the people who have mentioned it on, there's a Reddit thread. People were tweeting at me and DMing me, like, "Hey, they weren't actually available." Now, some people got them, but it sounds like the they just didn't make enough. They didn't make nearly enough, and okay. like relative right. to the demand. The yeah. So there, there are people um, who are who are pretty upset that they went out to the game and yeah. did not get a jersey, for sure, which I completely understand. Um, if it helps at all, probably doesn't. But the nine hundred five told me earlier today. They are aware of this. They're aware of the disappointment. They're doing what they can to make sure that the people who didn't get one yesterday are able to purchase a jersey at some point. Now I okay. don't know what that looks like. I'll okay. tweet details once we have them. Um, but yeah, uh, on one hand, this is like the most interest anyone's had in the 905 all year. Um, but mostly, I think this speaks <laughs> to they did uh-huh. a really, really good job with the uh, with the jersey here and, and the the kind of connection with CCYAA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So hopefully this gets resolved and people are able to get the jerseys who wanted them. Mm. Uh, that's
0: the that's all I got for you for right now though. Hey people, how much do you want it? Because uh, I do have that one available behind me, and if you throw me a bag, I might throw you a jersey. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go uh, go. Make sure you purchase it through the legitimate means. Um, that's too bad to hear, man. But I, I guess on the other hand, it, it does suggest that like there was a lot of interest in this, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. I wish people had been able to get them. Uh, I don't have – yeah. the the one thing I will say is that um, – and, and I get that people are, are like, frustrated. and the, no, no, I find 100%. This stuff, I'm not
0: trying to make a joke about yeah, this. Yeah, I find this stuff,
1: like, a, a little amusing. Um, like, there are a lot of, like n- – not a lot, but the, the, there was a working theory that, like, oh, it was, like, a bit of a scam to, like, get people out to the game. But Man, let me tell you. Come on, guys. I promise you – Not everything's a conspiracy, please. I promise you that MLSE wanted your money. If you were willing to go out there and buy a jersey, they were willing to take your money. It's uh, it, This is maybe something where uh, they tripped up, but it was not a scam to get you in the arena and take less of your money. They will take all of the money that you're willing to give them.
0: No, the, the scam was the performance. They lost by third.
1: Dude, it was, uh, I will say, last night, not uh-huh. the uh, not the most note-heavy viewing of a 9.05 game for me ever. I, I pretty much mentally checked out of that one in, like, the second quarter. That
0: was a tough one. That
1: was yeah. a tough one. Uh, um, and neither Javon or Kyra looked very good. So that's uh,
0: that's always tough, too, when, when that is going mm, on on top of everything. turn kind blind eye to it. It's fine. It didn't even happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to shout out <laughs> Paying Chung again um, yeah. for designing the jersey. Great job, Great job with the design. Um, okay, so, as promised, we are going to make our all-star reserve pick. So the starters have already been announced in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the five are going to be Giannis and Nakumbo, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, and Damian Lillard. Uh, in the West, it will be LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That leaves seven spots each for uh, each conference, uh, two guard, three forward, and then two wild card, making up those seven. And, uh, yeah, we have made our picks. And uh, let's start in the Eastern Conference. I'll just give you my ballot from top to bottom. And uh, you, you asked me about the names that stand out to cool. you. My I've ballot. got mine ready to go, by the way. Okay, nice. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. It's clear cut. He needs to make it. Jalen Brunson, same deal. Clear cut. He yeah. needs to make it. I
1: think those two guys are, like, obviously, Dame's the starter but those two guys are like, they have an even better case than Dame. Like those guys are locks to me.
0: Yeah. Those are the two for me. It's like, who is the best guard in the East this year in terms of how well they have played. Those two are the ones for me on the forwards. This is where I got a little, little controversial. And I think that uh there'll be room for discussion. I have Julius Randall mm-hmm. from the Knicks. I feel like Julius has played really well for the Knicks. The Knicks have played really well in general. Um, And even though I don't, Really personally like his game. you got to respect the fact that he's really contributing to winning. Chris Taps was the forward I went with. I kind of chose him over Jalen Brown, which is a bit controversial considering that Jalen Brown's played more games. However, I think Chris Tapps has unlocked this new level for uh, the Celtics. I, I like the way he's been able to attack mismatches. He's also stretched the floor in an incredible way for them and has just been really efficient overall, really good on defense. Chris Taps makes it for me. My other forward, I'm going to go with Scotty Barnes. For the Raptors, um, two-way impact. Unfortunately, he's cur- like tailed off a little bit in the last mm-hmm. month or so, so we'll see if he ultimately makes this list, which will be decided by assistant coaches uh, or head coaches. Sorry, my bad. Uh and then No, you had it right. <laughs> it's just not what they want you to think. Yeah, that's right. That's the real conspiracy. Like, not not all five jerseys.
1: Yeah, is. the the real answer here is like like JR did your all-star reserve ballot <laughs> because you didn't have the the time to do it and uh, I got yeah.
0: Ahmed to do mine. I wish. I'm in I'm in office way more than JR is. Yeah. Uh, the Tyrese Maxey and Paolo Bancaro made it as my two wild cards. So um. Yeah, what's your list? And, I, and let's maybe compare and contrast. Okay, so uh, I have Julius Randle as
1: well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I like about including Julius Randle is, like, I get to have... Basically, I'm buying an extra spot on my roster here because I'm going to name Julius Randle's injury yes. replacement at the end of this as well. Okay, I like uh, that. So I'm still in a spot. But Randle okay. deserves to be in there anyway. The, we, we've we talked a ton about the Knicks this week, and, like, that all runs through Randle and Bronson. And Josh Hart being the greatest teammate ever just by constantly talking smack about his buddies. Mm, I like that. Uh, Shocking that they built their their way to good culture was like players
0: who like each other. Again, this is why I think they're like a 2016 Raptors regen. Mm -hmm. They even have the locker room banter and the antics. Remember when we had locker room banter? Remember when we were allowed to go to the locker room, too, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a separate thing. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway. So I
1: didn't go uh, as Celtics-heavy as you because I'm not a big Celtics fan like you. Well, um, I had
0: one. I just had Chris Tepps. Oh, okay. I had him over Jalen so, Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's right in front of me here. No, it's all um, good. So I went with Jalen Brown. Okay. Over, right. over Chris Tepps. The Chris, Epps. The Chris Epps missed time was the hair splitter for me. Yeah. He's only played 34 games. That is a, so, that's a big one. Uh, yeah, that was the... The difference there and then i do have scotty on my ballot but i have him in a, a wild card spot so basically okay. that's the same thing yeah, as, as having him um paolo is my other forward who you have in a wild card spot so we agree yes. we just structured it uh, a little differently there and then uh i assume we have the same second wild card in tyrese maxi as the
0: the extra yeah. Guard oh him. yeah totally yeah okay maxi was an easy call for me here so we have the same team other than i have brown you have Person. yeah look listen i i i hear that it's a, it's a good case. Jalen Brown, I think, to me, is definitely the number two item on, like, a scouting report if you mm-hmm. were to go up against the Celtics. I just think Porzingis has unlocked a new level for them. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. for it's sure just, it's he, easier he, for him, for, too. Jalen's
1: played
0: 50% more minutes is what it came down to. Yeah, that. mm, that's, a good, that's a good argument. But, okay, just quality of player-wise, when they're both in the game. Who contributes more towards Celtics winning?
1: Yeah, Porzingis right now. I mean, like, and some of this is just like, what did the Celtics need relative to what they had? Like, like maybe if they didn't have Jalen and you drop Jalen, it looks the same. But like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Porzingis is what makes that starting five so scary.
0: Yeah, right. For Uh, sure. Uh,
1: You know what the actual answer here, though, was?
0: What, no, don't say Derek sh- White. No, uh,
1: what we should have done is, oh, we can't decide between Brown and Porzingis. Let's just leave a second Celtic off altogether and go with someone else. Um, <laughs> there's a real chance both
0: of them make it just based on the injury replacement. And Derek White and all that other. No, stuff. No man, no man. What's Derek White going to do at the All Star Game? Yeah. Put up a good EPM? Like, yeah, I don't, I'm well, not to see okay.
1: That. So speaking of that, though, okay. uh, my injury replacement for Julius Randle is a boring one, but it's Jared Allen.
0: I like that. I like that. He he was on my list of guys I'm kind of snubbing. Um. Yeah. But take me through the Jared Allen case. For I mean, it's who aren't 15,
1: 10, and 3, 65% from the field. Mm-hmm. Um. That Cleveland team has not only beaten my expectations for them this year, and I was pretty high on them. I thought they'd be really, really solid. Yeah. But they've been a really, really good defense, which we know is based on Jared Allen because mm-hmm. Evan Mobley's missed a bunch of time this oh, year. Oh, yeah. And like Donovan Mitchell is getting a ton of credit on the offensive side as he absolutely should, because that offense has kept humming without Darius Garland. Mm. The defense keeping humming without Evan Mobley is because of how good Jared Allen's been. And I realize that a 15, 10 and three guy who, you know, is not flashy is not anyone's idea of like who should be in the all-star game. But this Cavs team is like, like they are right there with Milwaukee and New York as the second best team in the Eastern Conference. And they've done it with maybe the worst injury luck outside of Memphis. Uh, in the early part of this season. So, like, like, they've missed Garland and Mobley, two of their starting five, for, yeah. like, huge chunks of the season. They finally uh, got back in yesterday, or
0: at least they finally got yeah. uh, Garland back yesterday. Yeah. He played well.
1: And, I mean, it uh, was the Pistons, but whatever. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. Like, the, I don't... Are the Cavs scary in a second-round playoff series? Probably not yet, unless Mitchell's, like, fully this guy in the playoffs still sure. yeah. but they've been one of the best regular season teams and i think jared allen's been like clearly their second best player so when it comes to rewarding a third celtic mm. or the best player on a bad team like a trey young type i i went toward jared allen it's boring but no, no, i think I, he
0: did i think dude i think you, i think that's a good call man. he's earned it yeah i think it's a good call like again like, so for all the reasons that you mentioned um some other snubs that I had on my list. So who are you picking as your random replacement? Because I'll I'll give you one. Like you could just name someone. I'll probably go with Jalen Brown.
1: <sighs> Celtic.
0: No, I think honestly, the Celtics having three players in the game, like it's deserving. It's yeah, like, they're way it's,
1: better than every other team
0: in the East. Exactly. Um the other snubs I had, so were like Jimmy Butler, which mm-hmm. is mostly the heater sliding. He's also missed a bunch of the time. He is still, like, really efficient across the board, but he doesn't even shoot that much. Mm-hmm. A lot of games I feel like I, I want him to uh, take over. Jared Allen was on my snubs list. And then I had Mikael Bridges and DeMarta Rosen. And my reasoning and for Pascal's those are just— probably in the group with those guys, too. Pascal as of... well. Yeah, I think for me, those are just, like, guys who are, like, pretty good. If they made it to All-Star game, I'm not mad. It's just, like, you know, it's not really moving the needle for me in a way. Like, they were all kind of, like, the leading scorers for below 500 teams in that sort of mid-tier. Trey Young obviously was another snub on this one. That Trey Young one's interesting because he is averaging 27 and 10. Yep. Like, and he's, I-, I don't know. He he didn't really come that close to the All-Star game for me. I mean, maybe it's because I've been really annoyed with him since the Raptors lost that game to Atlanta. But yeah, is, is, is how much of, is that like, are we being un- unfair? Is that unreasonable? I think
1: there's a, like, we are applying a bit of a, not to like call Homer on ourselves, but like, Scotty Barnes is the best player on an even worse team, mm-hmm. and we have Scotty Barnes on our on our reserve list. Yeah. Now, Scotty Barnes is an infinitely better defensive player yeah. than Trey Young, but like yeah. he doesn't have the offensive impact no, that Trey Young Trae's, has. Trae's so, so, so I think there's probably a little bit of a double standard we're applying here. But also, mm-hmm.
0: it's hard to just pick twelve guys. So, like you got to draw the lines where you got to draw them. If if either of us didn't have Scotty Barnes on our All Star list, uh, we would be on a Twitter Raptors Twitter hit list. Yeah. So that's not the big factor That'd be well. the new Reddit conspiracy thread. <laughs> yeah. Uh. By the way, my bad. Trey Young's averaging 27 and 11 assists. Oh. Yeah. Um, but how many times does he jump into your elbow as he runs through the lane? Yeah. He's – What you call him a weasel the other day? He is a weasel. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like the way he plays hoop, so you're not getting him an all-star game. Okay, so we, so, had, we had a lot of overlap in, in the East.
1: Yeah, was. all but one spot. And, yeah. I, and I actually kind of think that that's going to be the case in the West because mm-hmm. to me, when I sat down to do the West, six of the spots were
0: like – no question. It's so hard in the Western yeah. Conference. So let, let's get there. So um, my West Reserves. First off, Steph Curry is a West Reserve is just hilarious. Okay, but Darko
1: he- wanted Steph Curry off the bench. Western <laughs> Conference All-Stars <laughs> oh, have wow. Steph Curry off the bench.
0: Yeah, they got really got Steph off the bench. That's crazy. Uh, uh, Devin Booker. And that one's easy for me too as well. Um, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Uh, and Anthony Davis are my three forwards mm-hmm. on this one, and then wild cards, I had Anthony Edwards and Laurie Markinen. Oh, we have the exact same ballot. Have the exact same ballot. So okay. I,
1: I thought everyone except for Laurie there was a lock. Like I, I couldn't make yeah. a, I couldn't make a better case. Like I have a long list of snubs mm-hmm. because the West is so good. Yeah, but no one was touching Anthony Davis, Paul George, Anthony Edwards as like the last couple guys in. It's just it's just too hard. Um, so Laurie is where uh, it got open to. Debate, and I don't know. Part of me feels weird not going with a Kings player there, given that they're way higher in the standings. And like, De'Aaron Fox has had an as, amazing season.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Fox is the, the biggest snub for me. I mm-hmm. agree. I, I part of my argument there is I just feel like the whole season I've watched a bunch of Kings game, and I'm like, this is a fake good team. Yeah, they're still they're eight games over 500 and have barely outscored their opponents. Honestly. Yeah, I just I don't know, but I mean, yeah, I mean, to the the, the case for Fox, he's averaging 27. Uh, four rebounds, and 5.5 as this. He's shooting efficiently across the board as well.
1: So to your point on Tuesday's show about how 25 points per game needs to be the new 20 points Mm -hmm. per game, imagine a couple years ago a guy averaging those numbers and not being on your all-star list. But now everyone is averaging 20 points a game, so we have to readjust. Like, again, 54 guys are averaging 20 points a game. Mm -hmm. uh, So... What's the math on that? How many all stars are there? twenty six? So minimum twenty eight guys who are averaging a twenty piece are not
0: going to be on the all star team. Yeah, listen, man. Um, you know the thing about the old days are the old yeah. days. You could you used to get a McChicken or Junior Chicken and a McDouble for five bucks. Yeah, and, but the and, McRib's are back now, so <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh,
1: that's the only thing
0: that's inflation proof.
1: Yeah, I don't uh, know where I'm going with that. Um, so my biggest surprise on your ballot, yeah. Kind of thought you'd go with Alper and shang in that last spot.
0: This is my exact process, right? So I I put the list together, and then I realized I had one more wild card, and I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to put my guy, Alper and shang in this list. I've really enjoyed watching him. He's definitely one of the 12 players I've enjoyed watching the most in the Western Conference. I'm going to put him on my list. And then I looked at it, and I looked at it again, and I was like, I don't have Anthony Davis on my list. (laughs) So there's no way he's getting an over AD. That is a good idea for
1: a segment another time. Though we just like toward the end of the season, do our who mm-hmm. did we enjoy watching the most this year All Stars? I like that. Yeah, kind of like a blend of league yeah. pass rankings and, and the, like Lu- All-Stars? Luke
0: Walton and All Stars. And yes, my Chris Dunn All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, you be a Chris Dunn stand is hilarious. But um, yeah, I, I had to I had to cut him. man. there's no way he was over, over Anthony Davis. I think Markin probably was the one that he probably would compete a little bit with. But I think Markin. I don't know, man. He's he's just so efficient as a big man. You know, like in a way, like it's like KD esque in a way. Like he doesn't create off the dribble nearly as much. He's not shooting fifty four off hang pulls. That's OD. Like it's not like that. But um, he is he is incredibly efficient for a big, and, and he's been able to to be really productive this season. Kyrie's off the list. Mm-hmm. He missed 50, he missed a lot of games. Let's just let's just and uh, Dallas isn't that good. Off. Dallas, yeah. Jamal Murray not on this list mostly because he doesn't play well against poor teams. He just only balls out against like really good teams. But Jamal Murray is he ever going to make an All Star? Yeah. He what's good? The competition in the West is is really difficult. Like I know. this is a year where Jaw wasn't even healthy. Yeah, I still think he'll make one. Wow.
1: The hardest part for me on my ballot was not having a second Thunder player. That that part too, but. I don't know. Would you feel right putting Chet like or Jalen Williams on this list the list? Not over the names we're talking about. That's no, like, that's the hard part. Like they're not I think it's one year too soon, mm-hmm. but like would it surprise you if the Thunder have three all stars next year? Probably still a little bit in the West because it's so loaded.
0: Um but it's it's funny because this version of the Thunder, I guess it gets compared to like the previous like KD, Westbrook, um Harden type of Thunder team. And like I think my revealing like or my prevailing thought with those teams was always like those guys had to do everything because there was always, like, two guys on the floor who did nothing. Like, Atabo Cephalosha would be on the floor. How Royal dream. Ivy would be on the floor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Derek Fisher would be on the floor. Kendrick Perkins would be on the Like, those guys weren't really scoring, so those guys would always have to do all the scoring. Yeah, This Thunder team, like, they, they have a lot better balance, and so, like, you're not going to put up maybe the, the volume of stats you would need to see. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking so much about the inflation of scoring in the league. Like, you know. I mean, you can't put two guys on this list that aren't averaging at least twenty.
1: Yeah, Jalen's averaging nineteen, and, and Chet's averaging seventeen. And I know yeah. I made the Jared Allen exception as an injury replacement in
0: a uh, thinner the East Eastern Hallett Conference. Pool yeah. Is also much lower. Yeah, like I'm not gonna lie, a lot of these reserves are easily making the All Star team on the on on the other conference.
1: Yeah, this is the thing. Is like, yeah, is De'Aaron Fox uh, bumping? I don't know. Who did I put in my last? Like, is is he bumping Jalen Brown off yeah, my absolutely. East ballot, Or is, is he yes. bumping, you know, probably maybe not Maxie, but like, is he bumping Scotty? Like probably, yeah, probably, probably yeah. a bunch of these guys are, yeah. are bumping guys off. And like, we, we also didn't even like neither of us even mentioned a second player on the best team in the Western Conference, Minnesota Timberwolves, like, mm-hmm. like Towns and Gobert didn't even get a mention from us. I don't want to see them. <laughs>
0: That's another part of me just hating, yeah. but I, I don't necessarily want to see them in that game, but I, I totally agree with you on that front. Um, Wemby, though. I would love to see Wemby in the All-Star game. I still
1: think they should go Wemby like and Chet one-on-one
0: as a, yeah. as a part of Saturday So it'll night be Sabrina something. versus Steph. Steph from the three-point contest, and then what do you want to see them do? You want to see them do the, the skills challenge or something? No, just, I just like, want to see them mix? like
1: play one-on-one. W- Wemby's going to destroy him. Let's see it. All right. Uh, I have I a follow-up know. question for you. Okay, go So, ahead. we both have Scotty Barnes on our reserve list here. Um, neither of us seems to really think he's actually going to make it because of the no, way... I no, mean, co- he's, he's like right there on the bubble. Yeah. Right there I, on the bubble. Okay, I will say, I don't think he's going to make it. Just given okay. the way right. coaches vote historically. We'll find out tonight,
0: by the way. News accounts come after Blake Murphy I, at Blake Murphy ODC. he's on.
1: He is on my ballot. But uh, you don't
0: think he'll make it? Yeah, because of how coaches have voted <laughs>
1: historically, which is heavily weighted toward veteran players and... Who, who's doing what in the standings? Um, so my question that flows from this though is like, let's whether Scotty makes it or not. Is there anyone else on this roster who you think could be an all star one day?
0: Raptor was. Yes. Yeah. So I was thinking about this too. And okay, if you want to be super optimistic about it, you might say, well, R J is really taking his game, you know, to a more efficient place. If can he add other elements to his game? Like there's going to be like two, three things he needs to add more to his game to get into an all-star conversation. But the Raptors would also need to be a winning franchise. Like, easily top four kind of deal. Um, But I think those two things go hand in hand. Um, So there's a slight chance for RJ. Let me put that at, like, 20%, let's say. Mm -hmm. Quickly, it's just really difficult for, like, the standard for guards is, like, absurdly high. Like, look at the guards that we had. Like, let's put aside the guys who are actually starting, right? Mm -hmm. Steph Curry, Devin Booker, um, Anthony Edwards, like, you know, Mitchell like uh, Brunson, Maxie, like, it's not easy to make it. Like, we, you know, you Trey's not on this list. Kyrie's not on this list. Jaws, you know, not in this season, but, you know, he would obviously normally be on this list. De'Aaron Fox didn't make this list. Like, and those are guys that, like, you know, quickly needs to make two, three jumps to even get to that level. Like, I think quickly, that's that's the thing. Like, I think for, for guards, it's just, it's really, really difficult. He would need to become really efficient in the paint. Um... And I think from a distribution standpoint, I, I think he's actually improved based on what he was billed as coming in from New York because he was mostly a scorer coming in from New York. He's done a better job of running the offense in general. But I also do feel like at times he's not able to get his own shot in the way that you need from all these electric guards. Like, again, when you look through this list of players who had just made our reserves, not even the starters, just the reserves, like they can all get their own shot over and over and over again in a variety of ways. And so there's going really to need to be more development on that front. I probably put it a little bit lower just because the, the bar is so high. Probably like fifteen percent. Mm. What about you? Am I, yeah. am,
1: I, am I underselling it? I think I'm a little more optimistic on you know Quickly's path to that because I think from a skill set skill set standpoint, we can point to things that he absolutely needs to get better at, and if he gets better at those okay. things, the type of player he becomes changes. Like a guy who is going to be able to create his own three at volume. Mm-hmm. It's just like the, the chance is there. Yeah. So he has to become a much better finisher. He has to use that in-between range a lot better. Um. He he has a long – like he's further – talk about defense. He is further away from being an all-star than, say, an R.J. Barrett, who I, I think, you know, he'd have to be on a really good team to to get that nod as an he all-star. Would. Yeah, he would. Um, but so I think R.J. is closer right this second. But I think Quickly's path to becoming that type of player, while not a certainty – you know, this is part of why I liked him as a trade target for the Raptors. Is like I think there is an outcome where he ends up that level of guy. It's not the highest. It's you know not the likeliest outcome, mm-hmm. but given what he already does well and where you see the room for improvement, I could see him uh, getting there. He's just he's pretty dynamic on the ball. It's just like there's just it, it's so we're four years in and like there's still not a lot of rim presence, so it's hard to project him forward. Yeah. Like, it's hard for that role to scale unless he just becomes, like, a crazy shooter if he's not going to learn how to get to the rim a little bit. Better.
0: Well, that's, that's the thing, too. Like, the self-created threes, we haven't seen as much of that in Toronto. But I think that, you know, that's definitely a path for him to get more and more production from. Um, the the finishing around the basket, I mean, I, I think really is just, you know, I, I was listening to the discussion that you guys had on Monday about it. And yeah, I do agree that like, I think there are going to be times where quickly needs to take more dribbles, maybe go through the lane. Typically he's taking one or two dribbles max and then going up for like runners and floaters. And you might say that like, okay, like you didn't have like a big, for example, to screen form or whatever. And that might affect it to some degree. But when we're talking about the standard of an all-star, like I'm sorry, but Jacopo not being available is not yeah. uh, you know a caveat for any of this, you know, like Mitchell can get a shot whenever he wants. Brunson can get a shot one-on-one whenever he wants. Yep. Maxi. You know, um, I guess he's always only played with a bead, so that is a huge help. But come on, we, we can definitely tell how, like, dangerous he is yeah. as a scorer. Um, you know, Steph, you know, guys like that, Shea, like, it, it's, yeah, I mean, you you got to have no excuses. Like, you need to be a walking bucket at all times. Yep, to that's, to make it an all star level. So I mean, listen, the the, the guards are it's it's yep. it's harder to make it as a guard, man.
1: This is why we're talking about low percentages. We're talking, yeah. they, we're arguing, you know, is it fifteen percent, is it twenty five percent,
0: that yeah. kind of thing. Um, okay. Does that mean that we need to add more talent? Then I mean, just in general, the of Toronto course, Raptors. The answer is yes. always yes, right? Yes. But do we need to add more core talent? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Like I, right. I
1: don't think you could talk about this team like future wise as if it's Scotty, RJ, and quickly, and like that's going to be enough. But so then, how do you get that extra core piece? I mean. Draft, trade, free agency. I don't know, man. It's There's okay. not an easy path. This is part of why, like, I mean, it's part of what we talk, to, talk about in this teardown. And with the patience that's going to be required is that, like, yeah, their path right now, if, if this is the group and, you know, the next draft pick you use, maybe that's your number four guy or something like that. It requires Scotty to take a jump to, like, an unquestioned you are an all-star and an all-NBA level guy. And that's in the range of possibilities for Scotty Barnes, but it's not a hundred percent certainty. And in the interim, you have to be turning over every stone you can to Mm -hmm. like, like, I think this is part of why even if people are not enamored with getting more draft picks for the future, those are things you can turn around and trade later because like, you're not signing a free agent, that is a part of a young core and you're and if you do you're not signing them to like a good value contract you're paying every dollar because you're not a winning situation and stuff mm. you're certainly not finding those guys with the mid-level exception um maybe you hit on more guys later in the draft but those guys even the guys you do hit on later like og is an exception but most of them take a little bit to become who mm. they become emmanuel Quickley's in his fourth year tyrese maxey's in his fourth year um you know even pascal he got dropped in as a starter right away, but it was really like year three where he really started oh, taking yeah. off. So sure. um, those things take some time. Um, related to Emmanuel Quickly. Okay. It's time now for the spicy stat of the day brought to you by New Chunky Spicy Soup. Are you ready to get fired up? Uh, you're probably ready to get fired up tomorrow because uh, Emmanuel Quickly and Jakob Pertle both practiced today in Oh, uh, let's go. Let's go. So that's a nice thing. RJ, RJ Barrett did not. Um, and okay. I will. Uh, I will turn this to... Yaka Pertle, not Emmanuel Quickly. Um, they both practiced in full, but the spicy stat of the day is that okay, Jakob Purdle has a minus one net rating. That's not that's not all that great. It's fifth on the team uh, among the guys who were still there. Although funny enough, it's behind Otto, Chris, Dennis, and Thad. Uh so it's it's only the old. It's only the old sorry, my retainer. <laughs> Being broken is bothering me a lot. Wow. Um, uh, so it's only the old guys who are uh, who are contributing uh, from a net rating perspective. But within that minus one net rating, first of all, if you look at everyone's individual on-off splits, Jacob Pertles basically helping everyone in terms of their uh, defensive rating and usually net rating, um, you know, with and without Jacob. He has had, and here's the spicy stat, an 85th percentile on-off impact on the defensive end. So 85th percentile among all bigs in terms of how much you impact defense. Including a 97th percentile impact on the team's defensive rebounding and a 99th percentile impact on the team's, uh, on opponent's free throw rate against you. So the Raptors just like hack when Mm. Jakob's not on the floor because they don't have a center. The only other players in basketball to have those same thresholds Mm -hmm. in terms of impact on defense are Jokic, Miles
0: Turner, Yusuf Nurkic, and Joel Embiid. That's pretty spicy. That's pretty spicy. I think, first off, I don't miss eyes looking around being like, Look around you. Look around you. This doesn't exist before I was here. Nah. You know what I mean? Like besides, like I said, top ten center, and here are the numbers to prove it. Nah. No, but I think it's good that you're you're illustrating some of those things because I think at the start of this season, even though he was shooting at a really high percentage, I think our focus was so much. Why are the Raptors so bad offensively? This is like the, you know you kept bringing up the stat, which was even spicier then. Like I was, that was the Idris elbow meme at that point of just like, <laughs> oh my god, we're we're the process Sixers level of bad offensively. Yeah. And we were looking at ways to improve offensively and we're like, well, Jakob's kind of in the way a lot of times, blah, blah, blah. Does he fit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, lost in all that is just, yeah, the, the absolute impact he has on the defensive end. And maybe it's not as prominent because he's not like stuffing guys or, you know, switching out one-on-one on the perimeter against guards like a BAM, for example. But like, yeah, it's it's great that you mentioned that. And I think that the Raptors have clearly seen how much they missed Jakob without him in the lineup. They're 2-9 and nine now after the win uh, against Chicago. But, yeah, I mean, Thad is doing his best. Jonte has been introduced, and, you know, he's doing his best to some degree. I hope he's able to stay healthy. But, um, you know, there's no replacements for Jaco on this roster. And when he's in the game, he actually is making a difference on defense. And I guess my hope is just, like, look, the Raptors are improved offensively, at least-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, we did lose Pascal. But, like, they are, at least over the course of the season, their overall rolling averages offensively have gone up. Yep. Hopefully, if Yaka comes back in, the defense has improved and, and they perform a little bit better. But uh,
1: uh, That was the spicy side of the day, brought to you by new Chunky Spicy Soup. we had to take a break. Uh, yeah. we got Gerald Green on the other side. We're going to talk dunks. We're, I guess we'll talk about the Houston Rockets or whatever, but we're yeah. going to talk about dunks.
0: We're going to talk dunks and threes, and then there's not going to be no EPM. <laughs> All right, I've been your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. Fresh views on everything in the
2: National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Raptors show on the Sportside Radio Network. I'm your host, my Blue, Blake Murphy. How you doing, man? You okay?
1: Yeah, I got a dentist appointment. We're good.
0: You got a dentist apartment where we're good. Um, Yeah, Yeah. we are working to get uh, Gerald Green on the line. (laughs) You were going to say we're working to get Blake's retainer fixed. We are also working to get Blake's retainer fixed. Uh, That will be sometime tomorrow, hopefully.
1: The nerdiest I ever feel is having to talk about my retainer. (laughs) Oh, my glasses. Wow. Um, Okay, (laughs) before we get Gerald Green, Yeah, what's up? Because we're we're waiting for him to uh, to call in. Yeah, we'll talk about the Rockets. us by the Rockets tomorrow. Yeah, Rockets Rockets having a pretty good time right now. Uh, They're 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 good. We're gonna talk more about that Fred Shangoon combination that we kind of hit on last week uh, a little bit. Although they got they got beat pretty good last night by the uh, by the Pelicans there. Um, But you in preparation for this interview. You're going over some some Gerald Green clips, and we'll, we'll ask him yeah. about some of those dunks. But what was uh, what was coming up for you when you were digging in the Gerald Green archives? All right. So first of all, been
0: doing the Raptor Show now for three years. Um, we before that was interviewing players at Yahoo sometimes, and then you know just as you would when you're in the building, you talk to some players, you you do some interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I realized I never ask players about dunks. I don't know why. Like, it's never, I'm never. Point guards and shooting specialists only for you. I feel like I've always talked to like below the rim type of players. Like, what if I ask that Young about his favorite dunks? Or like, I mean, I guess when he was younger, he was dunking on guys, but like, no, I just never asked players about like the craft of dunking, what read you make when you're dunking. So, <laughs> you um, can
1: ask Kyle and Fred about dunking? That's what I mean. Like,
0: I'm like, Utah, what are your favorite dunks? He's like, oh, and uh, Anthony Edwards posted me. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's just up. It's been tough, so um, yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I just, I, I came to the realization though that even after covering basketball for so long, there's like lots of new things to ask people about. So
1: yeah, there's I'm always, excited, and, and like everyone's gonna bring a, a different uh, perspective to it. Um, mm-hmm. And like, look, I'm a, I'm a big dunk contest guy. So okay, the, the yeah. fact
0: that we got Gerald Green coming on is, uh, is so pretty cool. We were like, looking at it because Gerald yeah. Green was obviously in the dunk contest 2007 when he won it, and then 08 when he defended the title but lost to Dwight Howard. Um, And I don't know if it's just a nostalgia, but, like, looking at the dunk contest in that era, even though it wasn't, like, peak dunk contest or anything like that, it was just such a vibe, such an event. Like, it, it was unbelievable to see just, like, the random cameos you'd see. Like, you're like, oh, like, here's rookie Kyle Lowry wearing number three for Memphis, and hmm. he's there to assist Rudy Gay, who was one of the dunk contestants. Jamario Moon as a Raptor, number 33, was... uh was was one of the contestants you, that Gerald Green went up against. You and then know the, the camera pan over and it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger's there. It's like what?
1: Yeah. You know? you know the Jamario Moon story allegedly, right? About that dunk contest? What's the wait, no, I don't no, no, what's the story? Okay, about? I don't know if I'm uh, it's it's been almost twenty years. I feel like I'm allowed to reveal this. Yeah, but yeah. what I have been told over the years, so this was a year where Dwight Howard lost, right? And the next year was when it's like, okay, prop time. Like like Dwight Howard's gonna start Uh, doing some nonsense Mm -hmm. in 2007 apparently jamario moon wanted to be the first prop guy and he wanted to jump over like an inflated moon
0: what is that hold on what is an inflated moon i don't know just a beach ball like (laughs) i guess like just like a giant
1: beach ball um but this was like and who knows maybe this is just like one of those like
0: yeah
1: not even conspiracy theories just like one of those like stories that so has they, been passed did, around they, the Raptors media over the years. But allegedly, Jamario Moon wanted to jump over something that looked like a moon uh-huh. um, and was told no. And then very shortly after, the NBA ushered in that weird era of like every dunk contest is nothing but props.
0: Yeah, I think where that, I mean, I think, you know what, props is also interesting because at certain moments, the prop looks really cool. Like I think, for yeah. example, Gerald Green, we're going to about the cupcake dunk. That was really cool. Like, I know it didn't get a great score at that time, but when you look back on it, especially the replay, it looks amazing. Um, when JaVale McGee brought out that second hoop and he dunked both, that was, like, a superhuman feat. Like, genuinely, I, when have you ever seen anything like that? I know? did a huge feature on – or not a huge feature, but a pretty big
1: feature a couple of years ago on that dunk contest. Okay. Because that was the one that Blake Griffin stole from everyone because of the Kia oh. thing. JaVale had one of the best dunk contest performances imaginable. Mm. Damar had Wait, a really good shot. What,
0: what else did he do in that one?
1: JaVale? Uh I think he did a, a 12 foot one as yeah, he dunked on a 12 foot net. Yes. Uh, okay. Or that's what he planned to do. Uh and but then, then he Howard felt like, like it didn't look good enough. So then he did the the two arm. And like the two is sick. It's crazy because the backboard is six feet wide. Yeah. So like think of how far apart you have to. That's yeah. It's crazy. Um, i hope he got a 50 for that he so, should get 250 that should be 100 yeah um so i uh i talked to a lot of people for this story mm. including and the part of my reason for wanting to do the story is damar and Surge were both in that yes yes Surge um, right. with the little bear on the rim that he oh, has to yeah. rescue
0: for the kid <laughs> yo yeah Surge did a whole thing where it was like all right, let's let's. It was a whole narrative behind the dunk, you know. Like yeah. there was a child. He's like, "Oh, someone's got to help me. My teddy bears in the room." And he's like, "Yeah," and then he goes to get it. The,
1: yeah. The teddy bear. Oops, I just started playing the audio. You can hear <laughs> you it? can hear the uh, you can hear the announcers going. Uh, um, he also
0: did a really good, perfectly feet behind the line free throw line dunk. Yeah. Which I feel like doesn't happen as much for bigs. Like we've seen the free throw line dunk like, so many times now. Um. But yeah, I mean, search is like. Fully 6'11", doing that. That's that's pretty
1: sick. Yeah, uh, the other one Javale did was he ran baseline with two balls, or with two balls, and good. then got the third ollie oop to him. Yes, yeah. And so it didn't look very good. It took him a couple tries, yeah. and like he just couldn't get it. But in theory, the I'm carrying two balls, one two, and then someone oops me a third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how long you have to stay up for
0: that is crazy. Now, um, Javale had some real creativity with those, and then of course Damar had the East Bay Funk, which was yeah. which was uh, just. I, I I praised Demar because he had never really did any props at all. I think with his dunks, right? He was just came with those straight dunks, mm-hmm. and they were sick. Which is the most Demar thing ever.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, everyone's going to props? No, thanks. I'll just do right. Everyone's going to threes? I'll stick to the mid range. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's also funny. Like Damar's so young in that, but to do this story, mm. um, I uh, I oh, the other thing was like Amir throws Demar the lob. In his, but isn't a very good passer. And Sonny Weems is yes. sitting right there. Right. It's like, Young maybe sh- maybe should have got the, the guard Young to throw the pass.
0: That um, was the original BBQ, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so this is a quote from the story, by the way. By the way, BBQs, it's, to be clear, much better than those three. Sorry. No one um, those guys.
1: Quote from this story, yeah. uh, man, Amir was the last person I would want throwing me a lob. <laughs> quote from Ed Davis, <laughs> a teammate at this time. So I, I talked guys. to those guys. I talked to, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so all the guys involved with it. I talked to Bebe, uh-huh. JaVale McGee. Um, I, I talked to Larry Nance Jr., who wasn't in it but was about to be in the dunk contest. And obviously right. his dad has has been in the dunk contest over the years. I think Pete Nance um, is
0: going to be in the dunk contest, his brother now with the, the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, on a ten day. Uh,
1: I um, yeah. By oh, the way, yeah. it, there, I also got this great exchange uh, from the Raptors locker room. And sorry, we're we're kind of just like no, we no we're don't we're have Gerald Green over. yet, so we're just gonna we're remember just some man. dunk stuff. Yeah. Um, and CJ Miles. So I'm asking Serge Ibaka and Demar about this. And CJ Miles chips in. He's like, Serge did that weak ass dunk. He pulled the bear with his teeth. Whose <laughs> <laughs> idea was that? I forgot. Whose idea was
0: that? Um, you know what? I think our lesson here from both Gerald Green's experience and Serge Ibaka's experience. It doesn't hit the same when you when you're doing dunk props with your teeth. Yeah. With your mouth. Like and it's just not the same.
1: JaVale Sorry. alleges that Serge stole that idea from him. What?
0: Yeah. What and was then JaVale, what were you cooking that week, man? <laughs> you were really gonna do all that? Like you're gonna dunk three balls, two balls, and then you're gonna eat a teddy bear in um, the air.
1: And then yeah, Damar yeah. Damar's chip in. It was terrible. It was terrible then. It's terrible now <laughs> about Serge's dunk.
0: Uh, no, but honestly, uh, that was a really good dunk contest. And, of course, everyone does always remember the Blake Griffin. And, like, look, listen, Blake was, like, super anticipated. You know, it's, It was one of those dunk contests where, like, the guy goes in it and everyone is expecting that guy to win it, you know? Because Blake's in-game dunks were just absurd when he was young as, a, as yeah. a clipper, right, when he first started his career. But, I mean, yeah, when he pulled out the car, when Kenny was, like, you know, like Baron Davis threw it through the, the sunroof. My issue with that one is he just didn't jump over the car. He jumped across the hood. Yeah. And I he guess was I'm like not expecting like uh, in a in a cop like a guy in a police show yeah, where yeah. you just like slide across the hood to get into the driver's side. That's basically what happened. There was also a choir element that came with it. It was just like ah, just too much of it took away from the dunk, which was objectively not that good of a dunk, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I'm looking forward to the dunk contest. Who's in the dunk contest again this year? Matt McClung, baby. Who else is at the dunk contest? Uh, I
1: think uh, Jaime Hawkins Jr. Is okay. the only other announced name, if I'm, okay. if
0: I'm remembering correctly. I have seen – I've seen his high school tape. Okay. Hawkeyes did a dunk contest. I think even against, like, K.J. Martin as well. So, like, not okay. not exactly, like, an easy um, dunk contest field. But he got a couple ones. I guess, you know, uh, that's the thing with, like, when you have these guys who aren't, like, um, marquee players. It's mm-hmm. like you haven't actually seen them, like, dunk before. So, there's very little anticipation you can put into it. You yeah. Know, even Mac McClung, since the dunk contest, how many – Average, how many dunks has we have we seen from Mac McClung, the average person? Are you on the G League YouTube page? Am I on the G League YouTube not, page? Because if not, zero is the answer. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So zero is my answer
1: as well. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The only other dunk contest thing I can find is that Cam Whitmore declined an invitation.
0: By you the know, Speaking of the Rockets and Cam Whitmore, man, he is playing really well. And he's he's getting after it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, if he was on the Raptors... Patrick Beverly would be saying that the Raptors got some dogs because yeah. Cam Whitmore is a dog. Um, it's a tough one because
1: like he went twentieth yeah. overall, but I don't, I can't remember reading anything about people doubting the talent. It was <laughs> all injury red flags and like right, uncertainty right. of the injuries, and then you get into you know, are are his agents going to let him go to every team and be checked out and, th- and things like that? I'd be very curious to know if the Raptors liked him and it was just the injury red flags and this is something i should talk to someone about instead of just saying it on air nah, um but he's been nice man like he shoot him 40 percent from three yeah uh
0: I, I, he's the guy where there's always that one thing where it's like a guy slides like I, I think, OG. It, og is an example of that the i think the infamous one that's come up to me is like um the year that the rapids took Pascal got 27th it was like oh my god Deontay davis slid and like Scott LeBissier slid like how do you not take those guys and it's like, yeah, actually, they knew what they were doing. And mm-hmm. clearly, Pascal was the best pick there. Um, arguably the best pick in that whole draft. But, like, I, I remember with, with Cam, it was like, will the Rockets even draft him and even consider him at four? You know, there was even some of those, like, Woj was even saying that potentially leading up to the draft. And then, yeah, unfortunately, he had the back injury and he slid. But, uh, yeah. I, I, by the way, I, I don't know if Gerald Green's going to join us. Yeah, I don't we, think we so. We teased Gerald Green for... Yeah. For for two segments, but it did give us a good reason to dunk or talk about dunks, which is cool.
1: We've got eight minutes left in the segment, and we have to break on time because Dennis is on the other side. So Mm. I'm going to say we're not getting uh, Gerald Green uh, at this, and if we do, it's it's going to be like, all right, man, what's your favorite dunk? Okay, see ya. Um,
0: Uh, Yeah, that's unfortunate. I I I like Gerald Green. Can can we highlight the point where at what point did the dunk contest lose his like luster? Because again, never. Okay, I hear you. I'm also a dunk contest nerd. I will 100% be watching that dunk contest this year. But, again, I was just going over the tape in 2007 preparing for this Gerald Green interview that didn't happen. But, like, 2007, I'm looking at the dunk contest. The five judges judging the dunks, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Vince Carter, Dr. J, Dominique Wilkins. That's sick. That's absolutely amazing. For I was going to ask him if you remember the five judges, but, like, like, I mean, I, I guess they've always had like high cachet for in terms of who's like mm-hmm. judging the dunk contest, stuff like that. But like, I don't know. It was just, it was just, like a perfect like blend of guys like wearing like their time specific fashion, you know, like NBA players with like, like they had like Al Horford in like a pea coat okay. <laughs> on the sideline and he was looking bad young. And then it, I just, I just like it as a time capsule each time. But uh, there was such an energy about it. And I just feel like that energy is not there anymore. Like there's so many. Done contests in the last five years where I don't have very memory memories of them at all. Funny or or good, you know? So I think they're
1: it's ebbed and flow. So I don't I don't think it's ever like fallen off for too, too long. But there are two points where I think it, it had a tough, uh, a tough time. And I think the first was when they did Dwight Howard and Nate Robinson like years in in a row. And Gerald mm. Green's is mixed in there. As well, But, like, it got to be a little much with the Nate Rob and Dwight Howard and, and how many props came in in that era and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But where I really think they misstepped trying to get it back. So, 2012, the criticism was, well, like, nobody's really that interesting. So, the 2012 one was Jeremy Evans, Chase Budinger, Paul George, and Derek Williams. Okay. So, you don't really care about any of those guys except for Paul George. And Derek Williams is... Like, I mean, he he was bouncy. Chase Buttinger was bouncy. Yeah, but Jeremy yeah. Evans won that one. That was also
0: the year they tried to do it via Twitter voting. Yeah, see, like, they're doing too much with the dunk contest. Yeah. Every time. Just and get then, the best dunkers in the contest. Focus on that. So
1: that was one of the ways they tried to correct it. It was like, oh, we're going to do Twitter. We're going to do fan texting. And I can get there with that. They expanded the event for 2013. That was a T-Ross year. I'm like, okay, maybe if you get more guys in, it moves a little quicker. Every dunk seems more important. Because you're not doing, yeah. you know, this way. But where I think they really lost it was when they did the team-style one. Oh, yeah. So, like, in 2014, technically, Terrence Ross has won two dunk contests. Yes. One as an individual and one as a team. And then John Wall was just voted, like, coolest dunker
0: of the night.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that, was, that one was a team dunk. It was him, I think John Wall, and then I think Paul George yeah. might have been in that one as well. Um, against Dame? Harrison Barnes and Ben
1: McLemore
0: come on man yeah yeah okay I think the other issue is so everyone remembers 2016 in Toronto yeah. right all-time all-star weekend um Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon incredible Zach Levine defends his title which by the way 2015 Zach Levine dunk contest very slept on that one was ridiculous yeah it's him in depot right yeah I was uh I was watching with my friend and uh we had, we had a lot of substance and i was just amazed like it was just i literally was in like a stupor for like the the next 20 minutes after seeing that first
1: man trying to imagine your waves of emotions where it's like okay here is victor oladipo and some cool dunks and you're like whoa and then it's like zach Levine and some cool dunks you're like whoa and then like Giannis didn't have cool dunks but he comes out and just like the idea of Giannis, you're like whoa and then a plumley brother comes out
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was part of the hallucination. And it was you're the, like, the Plumly brother, yeah,
1: like, exact... brother in the dunk contest. I got to get lucid here. This <laughs> is too
0: much a brother in the dunk contest. I'm like, what's Blake Murphy doing there? <laughs> um, the one part that I remember is like, the one where Zach Levine bounced it and then put it behind his back and then back through and around with the other hand. I think J.R. Smith did that dunk yeah. once before as well, but took him but not attempts. the bounce, right? No, like I don't he think he not just the bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a 360 element involved in it. I think he hit it first time and it was so smooth and I'm like, dude, this is the most athletic thing I've, and the most graceful and athletic thing I've seen from anybody. Um, and that's why I was I was tripping out. But then afterwards, this is the issue with the dunk contest. The 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 dunk contest winners after this point, I don't know if you have them pulled up. You do? I do. Okay. Most of them are on my like G League All-Star team this dog. year. Dog uh, Glenn Robinson the third. All right, speaking of big dog, little dog, <laughs> Glenn Robinson the third. Donovan Mitchell, which like I remember he pulled out of Vince Jersey, like you know, that was a fun one. Him and Larry Nance and Depot were all in that one, right? That one was solid. That yeah. one was solid. Did all the people do like a 540 or something like that? And he sang? <laughs> See, again, they're doing too, too much of the dunk contest. Um, yeah, he came out with like a Neo outfit with like the fedora and everything. Yeah, yeah I remember that one. Hamaru Diallo, which like, yeah, he was like a good dunker, but like, I don't know, man. It's forgettable. I don't remember anything from that dunk contest. Derek Jones Jr., airplane mode. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good nickname. A great nickname, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Anthony Simons, which I don't remember that dunk contest at all. <laughs> yeah, but that was like, like what the, happened. To the Anthony Simons that was the like dunk COVID All Star, right? That was COVID All Star. I think. Uh, so, was, like, was that the one where John Collins kicked the plane? That's one of my No,
1: moments. Uh, that was a couple years prior. That was the Hamadou Diallo one.
0: Okay, yeah. Um yeah. The
1: Anthony Simons one was it was just him, Obi Toppin, and Cassius Stanley. Like,
2: Again,
1: it was only three guys. It was only three guys. Uh, only, I mean, I
0: guess technically they did two rounds, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, yeah, Obi Toppin won in Cleveland in 2020. Yeah, you remember that one? No, <laughs> that was only two years ago. Yeah. No one remembers that one. Juan Toscano Anderson. Yeah, what uh, are we doing, man? So, what are we doing? I
1: actually think last year's was pretty good. Like, I thought Mac mm-hmm. McClung and Trey Murphy were well, both good. Also, was pretty good. That's um, You know, I think part of the issue you know i'm a g-league guy you know i love these fringe roster guys yeah. but i do think part of the problem is that like we just looked at the last couple and like cassius stanley jericho sims Kenyon martin jr mac mcclung pat Connaughton, like you you gotta have a little name value here yeah. um but it's also the counter to that is like this is how a lot of guys made their names and got popular in the first place that's true so you gotta leave some opportunity i'm, I'm always torn out. i'm I guess where I land is I want a bigger field so you can do both. You
0: can have the name value like guys the the in the upper Yeah, Like when Vince won it, there was like six eight. or seven dunkers. Eight. Yeah. yeah, eight dunkers. I also bring back the big man in the dunk contest. I love oh, there dunkers. was six. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going to take another break. I've been your host, Will. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup.
2: Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland.
1: Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever
2: you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. Joined by dunk contest enthusiast, Blake Murphy. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, and we are going to get Dennis Schroeder on the line uh, shortly. This one will happen, all right? <laughs> He's Dennis, there. Dennis is our guy. Yeah. Dennis is our guy. He will He will get us. Uh, but yeah, the Raptors are on quite a long road trip. We won't see them until next week. Uh, post-deadline. Post-deadline, that's right. Yeah, the Raptors will be back uh, at Scotiabank Arena on Friday, uh, January or February 9th. That's also Fred Van Bleet's return uh, to Toronto. And then, uh, yeah, the deadline will be 8th. By the way, we're going to be on from uh, 1 to 4. On the deadline, yeah. On the deadline. Yeah, sorry about that. Ready for three hours of. uh... Yeah. Tap dancing and maybe potentially Bruce Brown getting dealt or what, man. I hope you're okay with that because they they asked me. They were like, wait, what do you think?
1: And I'm like, it's the trade deadline, man. As long as we're allowed to talk about non Raptors stuff, as long as we can do all the NBA yeah. stuff. Last last year, there were 15 trades in trade mm-hmm. deadline week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if we're – my hope is that it feels like when we worked at the score together and we're in the war room and just oh, have like yeah. a giant white – like somehow we slide a giant whiteboard in here and it's just me trying to figure out all the four-team trades. Like I'm in Bobby Marks' Zoom shot um yeah so that's hope
0: well one guy who doesn't want to talk about the the trade deadline and we're not gonna ask him about this because he already said he doesn't want to talk about it It is uh is Dennis Schroeder joining us on the road Dennis where you at man what's What's up guys getting a massage right now oh wow yo dude you called us from the weirdest places man the team bus uh the the lobby of a hotel uh the shoot at Puma twice I think you called us from Puma and now you got in a massage. Uh, who's who's giving the massage? So I gotta
4: get my body weight So we yeah. got a good uh, or important game tomorrow. So I gotta get ready.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you know, you guys are on this road trip, right? You guys uh, in Houston, going to OKC over the weekend, going to New Orleans, then going to Charlotte, and then finally, finally coming home to Toronto. Um, and on the subject of road trip, I, I never asked you, but what are your top five road cities in the NBA?
4: Top five World Cities. Uh Phoenix. I don't know. Miami. I just,
2: go, just
4: go just go over there. So Toronto when I didn't play area. here. Um back in the day I loved San Francisco, but uh not uh in my top five no more. <laughs> um LA and Atlanta. Mm.
1: Why I can guess some things about some of those places. Um and, and obviously there are some of those places that everyone knows are good road cities. Why Phoenix at the top? What 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 do you love about Phoenix?
4: Um I mean it's hot, first of all. Um always when we go to Phoenix, I take uh wifey with me, family with me. We had uh spend a time uh there this past summer, um, and it was great. So um i mean that's probably uh the the reason why got you I got <laughs> you
1: what is going on there we got emoji bubbles popping up on the screen where no <laughs> oh, nothing just nah. a, a thumbs
0: down emoji popped up on the screen no nah, it's okay we, we gotta <laughs> oh, roll with really it. yeah yo so one thing Who with did the, that me
4: no i, I don't know do
0: that. yeah maybe it was on our, our bad, if it if that's the case um so one thing everyone talks about is when you guys get on the road, you guys get to hang out a lot more together, right? Because when you're at home, you know, everyone's got their own commitments, you got family, you know, friends, whatever. Um, when you're on the road, you have to spend more time with your teammates. So I wanted to know if you've learned some new things about some of your newer teammates. And I wanted to know things that are off the court. Because honestly, a lot of these guys, we need to get to know them better ourselves. So I want to ask you one thing you've learned off the court about some of these new players. Jordan Wara, we'll start with him because he's been, he's been balling recently.
4: Yeah, he been balling. He's uh getting a massage right now too, getting ready. <laughs> That's He's a right great next fact. To me. Put him um, on. Let him make his show debut. <laughs> it's another another guy who uh plays boe. Okay. Nice.
0: Card right. game. Nice, so we nice. got
4: another guy um on the plane who plays uh I mean, Boost is another guy who played boe, you know, he played cards, um came to the room as well um and played i think it's a good team chemistry thing when everybody you know gets together we talk about basketball watch the games play cards and um i'm taking their money um i think uh, it's always i'm playing um i think it's always great to you know just come um and spend time together you know when you always on the road and um i mean we get to see each other more than our families uh most of the time and Uh, we might as well you know um make the best out of it you know be together and spend time together
0: what about uh what about quickly and rj man i feel like they feel like they've been on the team for a while now but it's just because there's been so many changes but they've only been here like a month what have you learned about those guys
4: Mm, i mean both of them told me the first day that they're playing buoy but they i didn't see him on the table yet so that's that's the uh first thing but uh i mean high character guys working hard both of them is 20 i mean they're 23 years old you know um big upside um and off the court i mean off the court i didn't really um went to dinner last night with the whole organization but um i didn't i can't say too much about them
0: yeah, we'll, we'll find out more. How was dinner, though? How was dinner? So you said the whole organization's out there, like front office, yeah, coaches, everybody? It was pretty.
4: Yeah, everybody was there. Um, Doc always do those uh, dinners where he, you know, uh, invites everybody, and uh, everybody showed up, had a great time, ate, um, talked about life, and, uh, yeah, went back to the room.
1: Okay, Uh, Dennis, I want to pivot off of you guys. I want to ask you about something you shared on your Instagram story yesterday. So there was a a great feature at Yahoo Sports from our friend Jake Fisher about Tony Snell and how Tony's trying to get back in the league uh, to make sure, you know, get back in the league soon enough that he gets those uh, 10 years, kind of the premium benefits that you guys get when you retire. Um, You you shared a couple things about that. So just kind of open the floor for you. Why did that story resonate with you? And why did you want to share kind of Tony's uh, path back here to the NBA.
4: I mean, basketball is uh, is one thing. I mean, for me, basketball is not you know my priority. My priority is my family. You know, my kids, my my wife, my mom, um, everybody. You know, um, who I've been around with um, over the last you know um, thirty years. Um, and I think that uh, his family and he said it too in a in a comment that. He wanted to make sure he gets, you know, the benefits for his kids and for his wife, and um, I think that is um, as an NBA family, how we always call it. I think we should, you know, make sure that we take care of them. Um, don't matter how we do it or how we get it done. Uh, I think it's just right for him and uh, his family, you know, to to get that kind of uh, service. And um, I think he done a lot for the league as well um and uh I mean nine years in the league is not you know it's above the average and um at the end of the day he always was you know a great dude great teammate all I heard um from uh, his teammates and who I played with um talked about him always uh on the positive note so um I hope he get that contract I hope you know the NBA can work something out that they um be able to give him that you know contract so the benefits for his family and um himself
1: Dennis that's obviously something you know at a high level the NBA and the the players association sit down with I know Garrett's kind of the main guy on the Raptors when it comes to the players association stuff but do you ever get involved in those kind of conversations like like how much do you uh you know get in on those meetings those conversations at the the players union level
4: I mean we got we got Garrett now you know Garrett uh He's the, one of the head guys there and um, he got great relationships and he tried to reach out to a lot of people as well this morning and had a couple of cards this morning as well. So um, I talked to him about it because I seen it on my Instagram, shared it with him. We talked about it and um, he said he's going to do everything he can, you know, in his power to make sure um, that happens. And I think, I mean... It's uh, everybody, you know, every player who's in that um, in the organization or uh, in the NBA wants him to get that contract. I don't think it's nobody there who says, "Oh no, he didn't deserve it." So um, hopefully, it's you know, it's gonna it's gonna
0: work out. Yeah. Um, One question about Gary Temple. So when you guys, because you guys probably meet for like breakfast meetings, like you know, before games, stuff like that, watch film. Like, how often is he in that suit, man? Uh, <laughs> he always got
4: that suit on man Not gonna lie. like a lot like he he's always clean um but i mean for the breakfast meetings he always uh got wrapped his gear on okay All um right. but uh i mean for games you know like you always see he's uh, always always sharp
0: yeah he is always sharp man Some you because know, you know i think at some point in the last like five six years they they stopped letting the coaches wear suits, right? They they Everyone is just now in, like, the little zip-ups or whatever. They
1: didn't stop letting them. They just said they didn't have to anymore. So, the, like, sure, Darko yeah.
0: could show up in a suit if he wanted to. I would love to see that. Darko should show up in that suit more often. But, no, when you see Garrett Temple on the island, you're like, damn, he, he dressed better than the coaches. Yeah. yeah. He's sharp, man. Yeah,
4: I mean, uh, they uh, – I think everybody have to. They just got to be dressed up all together, I think. So mm. – I mean, for them, it's always easier to, you know, have a zipper on and uh, just go out there. They're working out before the games. And, um, I mean, it's not up to me. So
1: Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Dennis, a a bit of an aside here, not really related to anything, but uh, Marc Gasol announced his retirement the other day. I know you got to play with Mark in his last season with the Lakers. He obviously meant a lot to the franchise in Toronto, winning a championship with them. uh, Do you have any, you know, happy memories of playing with Mark or just your opinion of him as a player, as he kind of says goodbye here.
4: Yes. Uh, a lot of backdoor layups for me uh, <laughs> when I was with him and uh, with the Lakers, a uh, great guy, great family, you know, good to meet his family or him um, played uh, against him a couple of times, you know, European championships where he hit six, seven threes and uh, we got eliminated. Um, mm-hmm. Hell of a a career, Um, but, I mean, he's a really great guy, well-respected in this league and um, as a human being. And, um, I mean, I wish him uh, nothing, um, you know, um, nothing bad. I want him to, you know, even with his team, uh, he got his own team in Spain as well. I hope they're doing good, and um, I hope he's going to enjoy, you know, retirement.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the the video for for Marcus he put together like a goodbye video and stuff like that, and just seeing Insane. that was beautiful insane. to see, man. That's like a storybook yes, kind of insane. thing. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, that was that was tough. Well, one day, like you know, when you hang it up or whatever, like I'm sure you're gonna want to do a similar legacy. I know you already own the team, right? In, in, uh, from from back
4: home. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta check his video out again, take some <laughs> tips, and then uh, we do it. Yeah. Well, I think the one thing Time that a similar.
0: One thing that was cool was he mentioned that he wants to get back to the kids, right? And, and, like, part of his initiative right now with owning the team is he also wants to own the school that comes with the team. So I, I want to ask you, like, you know, uh, you came up in that European system, right? Like, it, it's, it's not just you are going to AAU. Like, you go to an academy and, you know, with the club and, and it's like a whole education standpoint. So can you just walk us through, like, you know, essentially, like, how prospects come up in, in, from Europe?
3: I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's two different things. If you go to the academy, I mean, we got two of them in Germany. I Mm. mean, there's like a basketball school and, um, you make sure before school, you go to, you know, practice, go to school, do your classes. And then you go back to, um, basketball practice again, uh, similar, I think to college, Mm. um, but me, I I just went to a normal school, you know, from eight to like three forty-five. um, in my hometown and then had practice at like 4 30 um and i had two three different you know um teams i uh played for so i had to practice with them so i was like gone from like 4 30 to like 10 30 p.m um you know was working out and play with the different teams um and practicing with them so um that was kind of my my route of you know getting to the nba um, you play two, three times a week, um, on the weekends, I, I would say on the weekends only. Um, so I had to manage every time, you know, sometimes it was like a couple of games at home and then I had to like take the train to, you know, away game. Um, so, uh, it was a lot going on, but I mean, it got me where I am today. That's, that's a lot of
0: dedication, especially for a, a young player. And, of course, it takes a lot to to make it as a pro at any level. And, obviously, you made it to the highest level. Like, when did you make that decision in your life to, like, take it that seriously? You know what I mean? Because you have to commit yourself yeah. so much to it at a very young age. So, I wonder what age that was for you.
3: I mean, I started, uh, you know, skateboarding uh, with a young age. I think I was, like, 7, 8, skateboarded, um... You know, did uh, table tennis, ping pong, soccer. And uh, when I was 13, 14, I kind of got a little bit more into, you know, um, basketball. And uh, kind of liked it. Went to practice every single day. And um, then my dad, you know, passed away when I was 15. Uh, a week before, you know, I talked to him and um, kind of like made him a promise that, I, you know, one day I'll be uh, a pro. And uh, be in the league, and you know, take care of my family because he always wanted to take care of the family, and um, so that's the reason you know, um, you know, here today, the motivation drove me every single day to go to practice to get better, and yeah, um, to this day, you know, it's uh, still the same.
0: Damn. Well, I mean that that's that's very powerful motivation. You know, I think Pascal Siakam, for example, spoke something very similarly mm-hmm. um, of of his journey, um, and yeah, I guess I'm just wondering from you, like, what was the biggest thing you learned from your dad?
3: You know, before you know the time was up. Uh, to be the best human being you can be. Um, to that nobody, you know, it don't matter who who the person is who tells you something that you overcome it. It don't matter hard work, you know, always pays off, and I think. Um, For him to not be here no more you know to not see this i mean uh that was my motivation you know just to i mean he's still here you know and still sees what we're doing as a family and uh, how i am as a dad and uh as a player but um every single day you know just to give everything i have um even if it's on the court off the court being a better you know human being um as a whole um that's what i'm you know focusing on and uh I try to, you know, be better every single
0: day. Yeah. I think you had mentioned this a couple of times before, but, like, um, what was it like growing up in Germany? You know, like, how how did your family get to Germany? Was, you know, uh, because I know for me, I got so many memories of immigrating to Canada uh, when I came from China, like, as a, as a child. And I remember, like, so much from back in the day. So I wanted to ask about your story, about how you got to Germany in the first place.
3: I mean, Germany, uh, I was me and my two little siblings you know we born and raised in germany okay, but my yeah. um big uh my two biggest siblings i mean my brother and my sister they uh born um in gambia mm. um and then got to uh germany when they was my brother five and my sister eight you know and they okay. uh went to school right away didn't speak no word you know not one word uh german and um to see you know them now to be successful and um to be real respected in germany and uh you know doing a lot of stuff for our city now in braunschweig where I born in waste that um is uh is i mean the, the best thing you know what could happen to us and um me just growing up you know of course um being black um was um sometimes an issue but i think it made uh, me, who I am now, uh, made me stronger, um, you know, always uh, appreciate um, everything, you know, over my career, uh, what happened to me, so uh, I think it's, uh, it's uh, just a part of my, you know, the legacy and the, the career I was going to, and um, it made me stronger, and I'm uh, really, you know, grateful for, for all the stuff what happened to me, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: And that's that's obviously something that has resonated with with fans of yours as well. Obviously, people come to you because they're fans of your basketball game, you know, your success with the World Cup. But lots of guys have success on the basketball court. When you see something like you being a top 10 jersey sales in all of Europe so far this season, you see something like that. How much does that tell you that you're on – the right track to you know your dad's word of being the best person you can using this opportunity to connect with people and make a difference when you see yourself on a top 10 list like that what does that mean to you
3: i mean that's insane i didn't even uh know about it uh people was tagging me last night um and i was like is that just germany or you know like i wasn't really sure <laughs> and, uh, that's uh pretty cool i mean uh, all the you know the stuff, the the hard work, even um off the court what we doing, you know, with the YouTube videos and uh my video creator who doing um um a lot of, a lot of stuff for me, you know, off the court, um paying off. Of course the World Cup helped uh really, I mean, extremely, uh to the fullest. But uh I think overall the last ten years we did a uh, we've done a great job of, you know, uh making sure we signing every single you know guy um the fans who waiting outside of the hotel always taking my time to you know make sure I sign and take pictures and I think that comes a long way as well and um but that's the that's that's what I'm saying always try to be you know the best person um I can be and um it, it paid off for sure
0: yeah all right Dennis um why don't you get back to the massage (laughs) <laughs> All right. We appreciate your time. It was it was it was great to walk through your past and um honestly something tells me I'm gonna ask you some more questions about it in the future. But I uh, appreciate your time and uh good luck tomorrow.
3: Oh, I appreciate you guys. All right,
0: Dennis Schroeder. There you go. German Playboy German man of the year. Yeah. And Two. number eight in Jersey sales in Europe, Europe I think. That's that's pretty it, yeah. impressive. Like do you look at the amount of European players right now, like, you know, it's it's to be top ten is is is, is it's incredibly impressive. But um i i I knew a little bit about dennis's his background um just in terms of his growing up and stuff like that but just to hear from him in that in that moment and hear his experiences was really cool you know like again like what we talked about yesterday with katie like we focused so much a lot on the games and i think this one for us there wasn't that much to talk about like give me some thoughts about what happened in atlanta or give me some thoughts about what happened in like you know chicago like it's not as interesting i think to me and i think that for this one, just getting to talk to him about his upbringing was uh, was really cool. Yeah, I and really I mean, like it's, it's obviously a tough path, right,
1: that, mm. that he's gone through. And I think those are the kind of stories, that obviously, you know, you make it to the NBA, you're going to have yep. part of your story that resonates with anyone. But those uh those difficult ones, um yeah, resonate with people mm. a little bit more. And it's part of why I think people care about sports so much is you can find, you know, even if you can't hoop like Dennis Schroeder, you can find something in his story about persevering, about dealing with adversity, about you know, how to take something bad to happen to you and use that to make you a better person and things like that is, is why, you know, sports are, they're important to us for a lot of reasons. But I think that a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, get that kind of element out of it uh, as well. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to ask is, I'm pretty sure uh, the person giving him a massage uh, was recently a Blue Jays massage therapist, and oh. I didn't want to like put her on the spot okay. or like right. ask to get her in the <laughs> sure. frame. But I was like, because obviously, like we know, yeah. we see the Raptors massage therapists yeah, a bunch, yeah, yeah. and I think it was someone who was recently with the Blue Jays. Um, so All when right. her head would, when we could see her, I was like, yeah, kind of scope up, man. Wh- where, okay, what's up? Dennis has joined us from so many different spots now. Like, what's left? Like, do you think uh, we could get him like live while he's getting shots up? Like, that's the. Uh, I think that might be the only
0: thing left now. That'd be amazing. Ice bath. That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, we could just do that at the Raptors facility. Yeah, you know what I mean, like because lots of times we're, we're down there at practice, and he's just getting shots up like at the yeah. hoop right by the media, not the media's hoop.
1: To be clear, <laughs> oh, that's so y'all's hoop, as Garrett Temple uh, would never let me forget. Not Garrett. We can, oh, we I didn't can shoot realize play. this was y'all's hoop. We could okay. shoot for an hour, lose, but badly, to be clear. You would but, lose really badly. Oh, I would lose so badly. Like, do you know, like, huh? at this point, with how many years Garrett Temple has in the league, with what skill set got him to the NBA, and yeah. how much of his time is just, like, getting shots up because mm. he's not playing that much. Like, By the way, that's that,
0: my summer routine. I, I shoot, sure. like, two hours a day in the summer.
1: But I, I hear you. You I don't have,
0: you. like, 25 <laughs> years of NBA <laughs> experience is the stupidest doing that. This yeah. for me to try to be on. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I just no, I'm, mean I'm, that, like, falling
1: off this hill. in a, like just shooter like around the world scenario yeah, kind of thing nah, man. like i'm gonna watch there man. gotta be no. few people as good as Garrett temple at this stage like obviously there are yeah. more natural shooters or like better shooters but like a big chunk of his day is just yeah. like yeah i'm gonna get shots up by myself stationary
0: yeah he really what is a life winter man. will lose you just walk around you get massages you put on a suit you, you, you shoot some basketballs and then you just go back and you do it again and take a you know mbpa call once in a while like Sounds fun. Yeah, man. you Damn. try
1: to get Tony Snell. A t- well, a ten day doesn't get him the service time, but you trying to help Tony Snell out. Should I should I, I should have worked
0: harder on hooping as a kid? What was I doing with my time? Yeah, and this and like at least in my me. case,
1: I could be like, oh, I'm five foot ten. I was never making it anyway. You you got yeah. height. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna
0: reference Terry Rogier's uh, infamous tweet, but you know, <laughs> 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 he's tall as hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, the issue is, I got I feel like I got a negative wingspan, or like a I got like a Desmond Bain like. You know, oh, your zero, zero wingspan is shorter than your height. No, my wingspan is not long. Even though I'm 6'2, I feel like my wingspan is like probably six feet. Like we might doesn't... have the same wingspan. You got a long wingspan? You're I mean, well, not
1: guy? like crazy, but I, I've got a plus two. Like you measure it in oh, plus yeah? and minus inches. Like I have, you know what? I'm 5'10, I have a six foot wingspan. Oh, oh wow. You yeah. know, when you do that, it's like, it's like the MJ poster, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But if it was like shrunk down to the size of a hockey card, yeah. Um, no, uh, I'm not a. I'm not a tall or long man. Uh You've played basketball with
0: me. You know that that, those are not the skills that I'm utilizing on the court. A fun fact for Blake Murphy, size 13 shoes. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to your house to, way back in the day, when I used to go to your house sometimes to record Raptors Weekly Extra.
1: Yeah, after your uh, soccer game at (laughs)
0: Lamport Stadium. I would literally bring my gym bag with, like, stinking clothing <laughs> ideally i record before the game right yeah. um but sometimes you know whatever it happens after the match so i gotta come over with the cleats hopefully i've like banged them so that i'm not bringing all the little pieces of uh, turf into your house and then we will like record in your room on one microphone i feel like yeah. by the way, we'd have yeah, to we like just kind of have to like back and, forth, and yeah. yeah to make sure we're hitting at the right spot in the uh, the yeti microphone and uh your your rack of shoes was also like kind of close to the, the like your your desk set up, yeah. Not to expose your whole thing. This is not how you live now. It's don't all right.
2: yeah.
1: It's not where I live now. But uh, I he's don't know up. Don't when you folks, are freelance. Up.
0: When you are freelance sports media person,
1: yeah, uh, just going out on your own for the first time, yeah. You do not live in nice places in the city of Toronto.
0: Yeah. Well, and then I was looking at the shoes and I was like, bro, whose shoes are these, man? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Anyway,
1: Cra- the I'm, wildest you part. It, that's all. Yeah, you you wouldn't. There, there are weird things about my proportions, but the craziest thing was like you occasionally find NBA players who have like small feet. So like, oh yeah. How tall was Alfonso McKinney? Like 6'8", 6'9", 6'7" at least? Yeah, so he he's less than 6'7". Okay, yeah. We are the
0: same size feet.
1: Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were going to be like, yo, he's got he's got size 10. No, I just I was like Like, obviously, Alfonso McKinney is not the right guy to be like, Hey, man, you've got so many. Can you give me some shoes? Like, I actually once witnessed CJ Miles giving Alfonso McKinney like his hand me down shoes. Because, like, oh, well, you don't have the same shoe hookup if you're like a 10, like a guy just called up or you're an end of the roster guy. Whereas, like, even a CJ Miles type has like, I don't know, like 40 pairs for the season or something like that. Anyway, I was just trying to get some shoes. I don't have it. The only pair of shoes I have, and this was a gift from a a reader and listener one time, is apparently a game worn. Uh, signed pair of Jose
0: Calderon shoes. Oh, yeah. What was he Adidas? Uh, and one I want. And one. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta. Whoa. Yeah, I gotta look. Whoa. Up. I don't know how many and ones Jose Calderon's ever gotten it, but uh, we're getting the note Actually, from. Actually, you Alman know what? They might have been Lee Ning. Oh, Lee Ning. I'm trying sicker. to picture them now. You right, um, got a Lee Ning deal after what the Spanish national team did as in the team photo? Don't look it up. Okay, oh. we're gonna take another break. <laughs> we're never heard. getting Marcus on the show now. <laughs> Uh, it's okay, Mark. I'll forgive you if you come on the show. Uh, I'm mean, your host Will Lou, you've been listening to The this Show on the SportsNet Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new chunky spicy soup. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown
2: with Matt marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. End of a long, eventful day. We're in segment four. um, And we're going to bring in Siri Sohi from The Ringer. Um, Siris, yeah, I'm I'm happy you have a normal background. We we just had Dennis Schroeder on the the show, and uh, he called us from the massage table, live from the massage table. So... um, yeah, I don't know. How's how's your afternoon going is, is my question.
2: <laughs> I, do, I wish I was calling you live from the massage table. Maybe next week. My week, uh my day is good. It definitely isn't as good as Dennis's though. How are you guys doing?
1: Yeah, we're we're all right. Will's Will's casting judgment a little bit uh on Dennis Shooter being in a massage table. When OG and anobi got traded, it was December 30th. And Will was in Montreal and was oh, like, yeah. I called Will because, like, I'm about to do an emergency <laughs> show, and obviously I want Will on, so uh, I call. And he doesn't even answer. And then he calls me back after. He's like, I felt bad not answering. I'm about to get this massage and this pedicure in. And stuff. Dennis it's Schreuder's, about work-life balance. Dennis right? Schroeder not the first person to do an episode of this show this year from the massage table.
0: Yeah, you know
2: what? Wow. You know, maybe Will should be the one ma- wearing the self-care shirt today.
0: Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a nice sweater mm-hmm. or a nice shirt that he's got on. Um,
2: mm-hmm. It you know, matches your tattoos really well too.
0: Oh wow! Okay.
2: Yeah, we got to do an episode gotta, where Blank start... explains
1: all his tattoos. <laughs> we need a longer episode. A Maybe idea. the three-hour deadline, uh, deadline special. Yeah. yeah, I should wear more than just the color black. Then I guess is what is what the takeaway here is. You
0: you are wearing. Like, I the imagine
2: blaster. there's going to be a lot of post deadline filler for you guys to have to find some segments to do. And so there you
0: go. We'll be yeah. we'll be calling you, but not about the Raptors, just about the league in general. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yeah, today. and honestly,
1: like we talked to you two yeah. weeks ago. And it was in the wake of the Pascal Siakam trade and the t- topic of conversation was like, okay, what are the Raptors going to look like now? What is, you know, the hope around Scottie Barnes and stuff? And you had a great piece at the Ringer that you dropped shortly after that conversation. Here, two weeks later, do you feel like we have learned anything? Because everyone's been out injured except for Scottie Barnes in the time since. Like, where well, I guess... I guess maybe you have takeaways on, on Scotty individually, but it really seems like we got teased that, hey, this is what the future's going to look like. This is how we're going to develop from here. And we haven't really got much of a look at it.
2: I personally was really enjoying Jonte Porter watch.
0: Mm. Nice. I'm sad. Nice. Another yeah. man I'm who sad. wears That's black tees really a lot.
2: <laughs> What's that?
0: Another man who wears black tees to work a lot. Yeah.
2: Mm. He's got the undershirt. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, we talked about it a little bit just uh, after just when I came on the show that day just talking about how he could potentially be your three and D shot blocking floor spacing answer and since that game I've only become more confident in him like there's definitely been some up and downs uh, but you know there's just there's good developmental stories out there right like I was watching the Bulls game yesterday and maybe one of you guys since you're actually there could figure out if there's anything to this but you know that. Uh, those back-to-back plays where Jordan Noora hit uh, the the first first it was like the step back three Mm -hmm. and then it was a three off of I think it was a pin down Mm. right after that two members of the Raptors coaching staff dapped each other up so maybe Noora is like the (laughs) next great developmental story
0: that would be good because uh, we're gonna need more pieces to salvage that Pascal Siakam trade like those picks got to be good and War has got to be good, and we'll see how to see what Bruce Brown gets the Raptors back. Uh, yeah. Bruce Brown, by the way, also playing well. We we talked about that on yesterday's show. I with just, the number I like, one Bruce expert, uh, Katie Heindel, of course. Uh, I just like the idea, Earth's crafting here, that, like, Evo
1: Simovic's, like, like whole thing is going to be, like, I'm the guy who got Jordan Wara there. I, we did it. I came up with the Jordan Wara playbook. The War
0: whisperer? I mean,
1: yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was Emo
0: or who it was, but, but yeah. Yeah. That's the
1: Evo. Got have it. you ever talked
0: to Evo? I've never talked to
1: Evo. I mean, like, a uh, friendly hello on the court. That's uh, that's <laughs> okay. about it. Um, speaking of Bruce Brown, um, I don't want to, like, run the guy out of town. It feels like we do this every day. But the trade ah, deadline is one week away, Sarah. So this is the last time we'll talk to you before then. Um, do you have any favorite landing spots for him if the Raptors were to turn around and deal into a contender?
2: Uh, for Bruce Brown, pretty much, I mean, anywhere, right? Like, that's that's the the beauty of Bruce Brown. We've seen it with the Raptors. Although, interestingly... You know he's he's had a strange few weeks here right and it could it could go longer than that but you know I think we saw first of all just you know comes out of the gate has an incredible game like the day that he lands and then struggles and does some really uncharacteristic things like has bad hands Bruce Brown does not have bad hands like that is like the the reason he is in the the NBA and is so successful is because he can catch pretty much any pass and finish it right away. Uh, we saw him kind of get back to that, but I feel like being on the Raptors has sort of stretched the window of things that he's supposed to be able to do. Like watching him run like an empty side corner pick and roll at the end of the shot clock uh, and shoot a mid-range fadeaway was like, that's not Bruce Brown's game mm. at all. But then seeing him get a few more pick and roll reps has been interesting as well. Seeing him like reject a few pick and rolls, like I was like, okay, all right, like little sleight of hand here, I like it. Um so I think you know there's there's a number number of places that if they already have you know their creators in place that don't force him to do that stuff too much could be really good landing spots for him I'm curious what you could get back but I imagine everybody's calling right like that's I know that's not a unique answer uh but if you can potentially contend I mean like you know the, the Lakers should be interested um, I think Philadelphia should be interested, although, I mean, maybe they can just go get their backup point guard and Kyle Lowry in the bio market. Um, there's like any, like there's, there's a number of teams. I, I think Cleveland is a team that should be interested. I oh, think no. he'd be really, a really, really good on fit in Cleveland in particular, because not only could they use a little bit more help at the backup point guard spot ever since, you know, but, you know, buying out Rubio, um, they could also just use a little bit more defense on their perimeter as far as like the two and three and the four spot go as well, like he could be really, really good. They're really interchangeable with a lot of the guys, especially now that, you know, Jared, Jared Allen has become one of the best mid-range shooters in the NBA. He can actually space a four for, for them a little bit as well. Like he'd have to be situational in certain lineups and in Cleveland and, and a lot of places, I think he just operates really well in space. But yeah, I mean, if you're a contending team, like this is, this is the guy who can shoot. He can make plays. He's really smart um, and he can defend one to four. So, you know, everyone.
0: We're open for business. That's, yeah, that's all I'm saying. We're open for business. Even though he did pay 10k for the uh, the jersey number, he paid Jante Porter out for the oh, for the 11. Yeah, for, for like two weeks maybe. So like, you know what I mean. Like, and this is I I wonder where
1: you land on this. Um, I guess ethically, Sarah. Uh, so Bruce Brown broke off 10k for Jante Porter to give up number 11 yeah. when he got here. If Bruce Brown is traded again, is Jante allowed to go back to number 11 and just pocket the 10k? Like like is there like a a proration of the oh, amount no. that Bruce Brown paid. If Jonte goes back oh. to the number, how we de- how we handling this.
2: Ooh, uh, uh, an ethical quandary. I love it. Um, I, It doesn't hurt anybody for him to go back to okay. 11. Like why not? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think he should absolutely. I don't think, uh, I don't think there's anybody that would be mad about that. You know, as far as Bruce Brown goes, like he can go get, maybe get number 11 on his next team. Um, it might be costly for him, but you know, like this is a guy. He knew he could potentially be moving, and the guy makes a ton of money. Maybe he already factored that into his calculation.
0: Yeah, what's ten? What's ten grand to a guy making twenty-two million? You yeah, know, that's, that's fair. That's, that's it, like if it's I, a lot more to
2: Porter. I'll tell you that. Yeah,
0: John. Yo, I love Jante. Uh, f- first of all, my takeaways from Jante from watching him for a month now is don't think he's gotten a haircut in the whole month. <laughs> okay, right. Wears a T-shirt when he hoops doesn't try to make any flashy plays. This guy is the most pure hooper in the league. He's just focused on hoop and nothing else.
1: You talk about guys that don't leave the gym. He literally like <laughs> no, the, no no no. He's he's got a closet of eight plain white t-shirts Yo, at, I- in his locker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I love Jonte, man. He's no nonsense, man. I've never seen an NBA player who don't get haircuts,
1: man. I had, uh, I'd had, also looked into what if the Raptors acquired, so Jonte moved from number 11 to number 34. Yeah. What if they acquire someone who wears number 34 and he gets bro- broken off another piece Yo. to change his jersey Ooh. number, but there aren't that many. The only ones in the league are Jante, Giannis, uh, Jabari Walker in Portland, who's probably not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Kenrich Williams in OKC, mm-hmm. and Wendell Carter Jr. is the only guy who like oh, yeah, we've yeah, heard yeah. any sort of like maybe he'd move. No, um, this guy this guy putting he putting Wendell Carter
2: Blake, Jr. You're, in such, the a, train you're such a sicko. Yeah. yeah Blake, you're you're such wrong? a I'm sicko, I'm just trying honestly.
1: This is pro-labour. I see Jontay Porter okay. on a two-way salary. I'm trying to get him yeah, another yeah, 10 grand.
0: I, you know what? That's right. All right.
2: You're you're right. I mean, I just think I think there's a lot of people who would have had the idea. I just don't think that. Like I just I feel like you got a spreadsheet for everything, Matt, and I just really respect that.
1: Yeah, I didn't in this case. This is just looking up jersey numbers, but uh, I do have a spreadsheet for
0: most things. I just divided mine. Do you have any salad. other
2: Jonte Porter spreadsheets that you can share with us? Or have you already have you gone to the Jordanora portion of this yet? Have you have you done any spreadsheets on him? Who, by the way, looks really big, like bigger bigger than I thought he was. He looks Scotty Barnes sized when he's on the
1: floor. Do you, I don't have, I mean, I have like, he mm. pops up in the odd G league sheet cause he played down there, but uh, I have nothing special on war, but like, what do you think of Jordan war as a player? Cause we've seen a bunch of him with Milwaukee and Indiana over the years. And it seems like he's shown more in the last two or three games with Toronto than he's gotten to show other spots, but it's not for lack of opportunity. What do you, what do you make of that? Yeah,
2: I think I honestly, frankly, I need to watch more of him. Mm. Um, He's somebody that I've—it's—I haven't done the deep dive on Jordan Wara, but what I've seen with the Raptors has been really interesting. Um, he's a little bit all over the place, right? Like he's incredible. First, like first of all, six eight, athletic, um, can kind of shoot. So it's—he's just—he's a Raptors guy at the end of the day, right? Um, he fits—he—he he fits the type. Um, he's chaotic in some ways, you know, some of the things that he does on defense. I'm like, okay, like that's a little in a, in a way that I think Scotty Barnes can be sometimes too, where he wants to be a little bit, everything, everywhere, all at once. It can get a little bit messy, but there's also a ton of potential there too. He's just, he can cover a lot of space. He's got, you know, there's like, I think there's more to siphon out of Jordan, Jordan that I wouldn't have expected um, after, you know, watching, watching a few games of him.
0: Yeah, I think if he, first off, if he keeps up what he's currently doing, that'd be amazing. But, I mean, if he just, like, can be a backup in the rotation in the next year, like, you've already done something pretty pretty good. I, th- I think we've hit all our Raptor topics, man. Yeah. There are no more Raptors topics. Yeah, here, it's six or, or, I guess the only Raptors
1: adjacent thing is that, Sarah, you mentioned Kyle potentially landing on Philly. If Boo, Kyle's bought out. No, no. All okay, right? so I'm going to make the, the case to you here. saying no. I assumed that that's what was going to happen when he got traded to the Hornets if the Hornets don't move him again by next Thursday. But I'll tell you my favorite landing spot for him and see if I sell you on it. I want Kyle on the Knicks on the bio market. I like that they one. They could use him. The biggest yep. thing for me is I'm already kind of rooting for the Knicks because OG's there and because yeah. like the Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, Villanova stuff is really fun. Kyle's a Villanova guy. Yeah. Kyle and Tibbs seem like spiritually they'd have something uh, okay, there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about Kyle to the Knicks versus Kyle to the Sixers? Or is there another place that I'm not even thinking of?
2: The Knicks were actually my second choice for him Mm -hmm. because the reason that you mentioned, but I also look at the Knicks and I'm like, you already don't really have enough minutes for Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride, who I think should just get more run. Um, I love him as a spiritual tactical fit there. He's also, he's from Philadelphia, but New York is basically Philadelphia. They're not very far from each other Mm. at all. Um, I think it would be less painful for Raptors fans for oh, a number of reasons. Yeah. But at the same time, the Philly fit for him personally is just too good. You've got the Nick Nurse connection. You've got the fact that like he is a Philly native and owns it. And you know Villanova, close by, right? And they need a backup point guard. And they're the closest team that can actually get him within the new CBA rules that can actually contend for a championship at the same time. So I'm kind of, I'm sorry, Will, and I'm, I'm sorry to basically everybody listening, but I'm I'm rooting hard for Kyle Lowry the Sixers. It just makes too much sense. And yes, we can talk about the Indianas and Clevelands of the world, but what are we doing? It's, it, it's those two teams and it's probably Philly.
0: Yeah, I think there should be a, a new rule added to the CBA where Patrick Beverly and Kyle Lowry should not be allowed to <laughs> be on the same team. Imagine they're on the floor on the same time for the same team. Both these guys trying to take charges. Both these guys arguing to the ref. Both these guys passing up shots because they don't want to shoot. Like, it, it'd just be too much.
1: You and know? Nick Nurse on the sidelines screaming in support of
0: both of them. God.
1: Challenging <laughs> plays when no. he doesn't have challenges left.
0: No, 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 no. The, the NBA is about an entertainment product. Um, All <laughs> the topic talk the Sixers. Okay. So, Embiid, this is the big topic for this, you know, uh, week because didn't play against Jokic. All the talk, he, he maybe ducked Jokic, maybe he didn't. But it seemed like he was actually injured didn't play in that one, didn't play in the next game, ends up trying to play in Golden State. Um, honestly, I, f- I feel like there was a time where we really committed guys to trying to play through injury or at least, like, toughing it out. He totally was not, like, ready to play and was, like, hobbled throughout that game. And then they're down big in the fourth quarter, and on a loose ball, Kaminga a- accidentally falls into his leg, and now he, you know, we still don't fully know how long he's going to be out for. Hopefully, it's nothing serious, but... Yeah, I mean, the, the the whole thing is like the 65-game minimum thing, right? Because, you know, it will be really awkward, for example, if we got to the end of the year and we can't vote Joel Embiid for MVP because he only played 62 games. What are your thoughts on that 65-game mark? Is that is that kind of backfiring on the league for putting that in?
2: Yeah, and Embiid's not the only one. We're also not going to be able to vote for him for All-NBA. And I'm a big proponent of it's time to just shorten the, re- the regular season. And okay. I think that w- one of the arguments that people make is – You know, it it messes up things historically, but let's look at what's going to happen this season with the 65 game requirement. First of all, Joel Embiid, who could either be number one or number two in the MVP race right now, is probably not going to be eligible to win it. You also have a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, who, by the way, tried to rush back from a hamstring injury going in in that Sacramento Kings game. That was his debut with Siakam. Didn't look good. Re-aggravated that injury. And then missed more time and now might not make the All-NBA. All, all NBA. He's very close to the borderline. And that could cost him $41 million because at the same time, All-NBA is tied to contract incentives. You also have a guy like Lowry Markinen as well who is going to go for that Supermax reportedly, right? And he could potentially lose out on money as well because he's missed 10 games this season. If he has another injury this season, he's going to be on that line too. Then beyond that, you just get to what it's going to do to the awards picture, to the MVP picture. Like, it's going to water all this stuff down anyways. Um, and So I, I just feel like the NBA is like has been looking for all these answers to the fact that, you know, frankly, I try to look at it like a video game, right? Um the Spurs beat the game. The Spurs beat the game a decade ago. Longer than a decade ago. With load management, with resting players, with, you know, Tim Duncan didn't play more than 30 minutes a game the last six years of his career or something. Um, and same with the rest of their big three. And then the rest of the NBA copied that and you just, you cannot convince people who win things to not, to basically not follow a winning strategy. And like, if in any other game, in any other gameplay scenario, when, the players figure out how to beat the game. It's on the people who create the game to update their operating system. The 82-game season worked for a really long time, but it doesn't anymore. And nobody's going to go back to doing things the way that they used to. And I also think that, you know, you look at this in the, in the bigger picture of the NBA with it, like, they're negotiating a new rights deal ESPN, TNT, like these, these are companies that like, I'm I'm curious to see what the deal looks like, because ESPN isn't, you know, loaded with cash the way that it used to be. And these streaming giants are basically probably going to take over sports in the next little while. And to me, you should be looking at this as an opportunity instead of trying to convince all these people that you're negotiating with that the regular season isn't broken when we can all very clearly see that it is like look to tonight where LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not going to be playing against the Boston freaking Celtics, um, right after a weekend in which they probably like they sa- they saved Rivals Week with that double overtime game because Joel and B didn't play hours hours within Adam Silver's contract being. Uh, being renewed, you know, like this stuff, like you just you, you can't script it any better. The NBA, you know, the script writers are incredible. Um, you know, it just it, push has been coming to a show for a long time here. Um, to me, the in-season tournament also shows you how much the regular season isn't working, ironically, even though it was decided to goose up the regular season. Um, after that, we all kind of were forced to watch these games that just weren't as exciting. The players weren't as excited. Uh, the teams that want like that that made it to the final, the Lakers and the, and the Pacers, kind of had a drop off after that. The Lakers are still in that stage, um, and then you even think about the play in. The play in to me has actually made the regular season even more meaningless because now you can go on a seven game losing streak and still be within like two games of play in territory as well. Like I think so many of the things that they've tried to do have backfired because fundamentally they're not willing to try to solve the problem that they should be trying to solve. In a time when event sports we've seen are the things that really, really get people's attention like this daily stuff MLB is going through it, the NHL is going through it there's a reason, like football is obviously King for so many reasons, but one of the reasons is that every game is an event and you get to ruminate you get to actually think about strategy strategy actually matters. Adam Silver wants people to talk about strategy. Nobody cares about strategy. When the players say it themselves, how many times have you have been in a post game press conference after a really bad loss and a player will say, you know, the really good thing about the NBA is that you have a game the next day so you can just forget about it. <laughs> and that's what we all do. It's really good for the players. It's really bad for the leagues. So why would we care? Anyway, sorry, I just, I went on a rant here. I said a lot of things. Uh, but it's just it, at this point, it's just, it's just getting a little bit ridiculous. Solve the actual problem at hand, and everything will be fine.
1: Sierra, uh, first of all, don't apologize. It was great. It was, uh, I've been feeling some of the same things and you obviously articulated better than I could. Um, so don't apologize. And, and I think, yeah, I, I agree for the most part that, it, and the way you put it in terms of event viewing, like the NBA the NBA goes to the TV networks and sells itself as the inventory league, right? Like you get 82 games and the league is interesting enough that there's something every night and that's the sales pitch. But the way we talk about it culturally, the way we evaluate player success is very much event-based, brings culture and all that stuff. So you're trying to do—they're trying to they're trying to do two things. They're trying to sell loads of inventory and convince you that all of that actually matters the same amount. And then everything culturally and discussion-wise is like, ah, but actually the only things that really matter – are at the end here and you know the the 65 game thing is like in complete contrast to what we want everyone as healthy as possible for the playoffs
0: yeah my only thing with this i totally agree with all of it is just until i see any major sporting league cut down on the amount of games that they play or try to put on this is just the way of the world they're just always going to ask for more and more and you're going to try to sell it for more and more and that's going to require you to put more and more product and unfortunately people caught in the middle Are the workers yeah but we're gonna let uh, us go that was a mic drop moment from you that was a great discussion and uh we will call you probably (laughs) not about bruce brown and the raptors but about the rest of the league uh in a couple of weeks
2: lovely to see you guys thanks for having
0: me all right well that was a fun show today yeah yeah we talked about dunk contest we talked to an nba player getting a massage Talk to, weirdly, Try to cut off a, a, a quarter of the NBA season because, let's be honest, the NBA season is a quarter too long. Weirdly, uh,
1: yeah, and in in the case of the Raptors after the trade deadline, it's the last quarter. That's too long, not not Jeez. a quarter of each successive thing. We also, like, in every segment somehow took things back to labor politics, which is uh, I'm very much in favor of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we could do more of that
0: uh, as well. There you go. You got NDP on the court and you got NDP on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That does it for us today. I've been your host, Will. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new chunky, spicy soup. Thanks to our guests. Bring your bib tomorrow, by the way. Oh, yeah? Okay. We'll we'll, we'll see what that means uh, next week or tomorrow, I guess. But thanks to our guests, Dennis Shooter and Sarah Sohi. And uh, we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.